Beyond the Pillion is recorded on the traditional lands of the Kaurna people, and we would like to pay our respects to elders, past and present. Welcome to Beyond the Pillion. My name is Kahiwa Sabaya. I use she, her pronouns, and I am the chaotic one. And my name is Mark Drexler with the he, him pronouns. And if you want the secret to amassing a small fortune, here it is. Start off with a large fortune and then get into restoring old motorbikes. Boom. Done. <laughs> Easy. This is true. I have watched your maybe pretty small fortune mm, dwindle away time, thanks anyway. to some of the bikes in the shed. Yes, yes. I, I will die on the bones of my ass, but probably with a big smile on my face. So, hakuna matata, people. No doubt. Mm. Absolutely. Well, welcome to episode 12. Our last episode, we talked about prepping your bike and your body uh, to ride in winter. And today we're going to be talking about tips for when you're actually out on the road. Mm, Mark? Yes, indeed. So all of the common sense elements that you would have been taught back in driving school about driving a car in bad weather, they apply to motorbikes. So we're not going to labour too much on some of those on some of those things, but there are definitely mm. a few extra things that are worthy of considering on a bike. Kahiwa, when you're about to hit the road on a cold, rainy, wet day, what are some of the things that you're thinking about that are different from a good weather sunny day? Mm. I think for me, it really is some of those basics about just giving yourself more of a buffer zone or a margin for error. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that's thinking about a little bit more space between you and other vehicles, You know, more of a three-second gap maybe, um, starting to break uh, a little bit earlier before corners um, so that you have a bit more time to break, to go from nothing to kind of full or whatever kind of level of breaking you're wanting. Um And I think also just being a bit more conscious about keeping it smooth. Mm. Um, When you're changing gears, changing lanes, taking off, braking, I mean, ideally we want to be smooth as much as possible anyway, uh, Mm. but I think it is something that I'm just a little bit more conscious of being intentional about when the the weather's uh, not so great. Mm -hmm. Mark, how about you? Uh, Well, one that I have just recently started to get, uh, well, have a need to learn about is using all all of the electronic trickery if you are lucky enough to have a newer motorbike. Uh, So I got myself a a Yamaha MT-09 recently, a new one. And for the first time ever, I have things like traction control, slide control, engine braking control, a bunch of other things that on most of my older bikes uh, just didn't even have ABS, let alone those things. So (laughs) on your bike, if you do have a newer and uh, newer bike with more more electronic configuration that can be done to it, uh, making sure that when you are going out into awful weather, then turning them up, use all of the Mm. technology that's available in your bike to help you stay safe on the road. And that was one of the reasons, one of the big reasons that I bought the bike was for me coming into winter, I'd going to be doing a lot of commuting in really some pretty awful weather and wanted to have something that had those rider aids. For for a lot yeah. of people, particularly on a first bike, if you bought a cheap first bike, you might find that you don't have any. But if you are, particularly if you're somebody who's been riding for a little bit longer and upgrading to your second or third bike, then you might be getting something newer that does have some of these things. So understand what they are on your bike and Mm -hmm. use them to best advantage. 
Absolutely. But there are several other things in addition to the, the ones that we've spoken about that are very much worth considering whenever you are out on the road in poor weather. So let's run through a few of them. Okay, the first one. <laughs> yeah, the first one I think is the the bane of, of my existence wearing a helmet in the cool weather and reflecting back on mm. life when uh, I wore glasses is fog. And fogging up on the visor, fogging up on your glasses, um, it is an unfortunate part of life. Um, what happens when we change temperatures and or go into places where the temperature is changing? Um, and I think we've we mentioned last episode, uh, keeping your visor clean can yep. really help the rain to bead and therefore be easier to wipe off. Um, but a lot of helmets. Um, particularly the the few that I've had, will have little vents either at the top of the head or possibly also at the chin area to kind of let some air flow through. And that can really help to reduce fog um, on your visor. Um, and having the visor kind of just a little bit cracked um, works quite well, um, particularly if you're riding in kind of slower areas or like coming up to lights or a roundabout. Um, Mark, did you, do you want to talk through what it means to crack a visor? Yes, this doesn't mean actually physically <laughs> crack it, but if you hear motorcyclists talking about cracking your visor a little bit, it means um, uh, just opening up your visor just enough to allow, and this is assuming you've got a full-face visor, which most of you probably will, opening that up mm. just enough to allow a little bit of air to come in at the bottom of that visor. So as Kahi was said, keep your vents open as much as you can um, in keeping your visor clean. Keeping the outside clean is important to help the rain bead, but um, also spraying whatever that you can to keep it very clean on the inside will also mm. help the inside uh, stuff as well. But yeah, cr uh, cracking the visor, so um, just not having it fully locked down, just opening up just the smidgen so you're still keeping the majority of rain, particularly if it is raining mm. at the time from smashing you in the face, but that you are just letting a little bit more air sneak in underneath underneath uh, the gap. So if you hear somebody talking about crack visor, that's what they're talking about. Yeah, I, I remember going for a ride uh, in the hills with um, new riding buddy one time um, and yeah, it was supposed to be fine but it ended up being a really fine mist uh, mm. rather than kind of, of pelting rain and started out cracking the visor but I actually ended up just having it open mm -hmm. um, and having a cold face because it was easier yep. to, um, uh, yeah, it wasn't enough rain to actually bead. It was just getting misty and foggy yeah. and actually wasn't too bad in that instance. Just by the time we got to the cafe, I made sure I had nice kind of warm hands on my face to be able to feel my nose again. <laughs> yeah, yep. So, and sometimes that will be the best. That will be the best uh, option. Yeah. So, And I think the the answer to that question then, quite obviously, like we, we said in the very first kind of episode or so, is that it depends. There's no perfect answer. Hmm. Um, sometimes it will be easier to have your visor just fully open mm -hmm. um, in order to combat the fogging. Um, there are a few different options. Um, and so the main thing is just to understand, I guess, that it's it's normal um, and something you probably need to work around, mm -hmm. just like it's normal in a car for the windscreen to fog up a bit and have to, to do a few different um, things depending on your personal preference of, and how that car particularly works. Mm -hmm. Mark, yep. what else do we want to think about? 
Um, so noting that in the last episode, we talked about preparing your bike and your gear ready to, to hit on the road. Um, so we did mm. talk, I believe, about checking your tyres and making sure that your tyres were all good and ready to go, particularly for wet mm-hmm. weather because they're just so important. But it's also important, even when you do have very good, uh, good condition tyres, then they will take longer to warm up when you are out riding on the road. So uh, mm. tyres create friction between your tyre and the road. Um, on a nice warm day, then you'll find it won't take very long before you've been out riding around to just the natural friction gets a little bit of warmth into your tyres. The warmer they are, the, um, the they get a little bit softer, they get a little bit stickier, they start to uh, do what they're meant to do in terms of providing you the best grip that you can. Be aware that uh, when you are in wet and cold conditions, firstly, you have well, you have less grip on the road, which is, as Kay mm. was saying at the beginning, just giving yourself more time for everything, but also giving your tyres longer to get a little bit of heat in them. And if it's a really cold, really rainy day, then they just might not warm up at all. So just accepting that you have... Uh, lower grip levels in your tyres because they will struggle to to get warm. So being really conscious of that, particularly when you are first starting off, and if it's really cold and grim, then probably just keeping in your mind, hey, my tyres just have naturally not warming up and are going to have less drip, grip than they will in the, uh, in the dry slash in the warm. Yeah. And I think that really comes into play um, in terms of cornering. Spot so, on, it does. Yeah, when we're when we're cornering in the wet, you know what what often happens in a corner is the the amount of contact between the tire and the road um, gets smaller, um, and so with that really kind of small contact patch between your tire and the road, it's really important to corner well. And so this kind of comes back to, um, you know, what I think about is just trying to be as smooth as possible. So braking smoothly, coming into the corner, um, being really conscious about um, staying away from the front brake um, when the bike is on a lean. So trying to get really conscious about getting all your braking before you actually start to lean the bike and if that means you go a little bit slower then then that's fine um and being really conscious about trying to keep that throttle nice and consistent through the corner as well trying not to be jumpy or um anything like that um and really taking it quite easy when we're accelerating back out of the corner um, so doing doing our best to ride normally, mm. trying to keep that body loose, um, which can be a little bit harder when it is cold. Um, I know my default is to get really kind of clench and often have to remind myself to to warm up, to loosen the body, to to feel a bit um, yeah a little bit wriggly to make sure that everything is nice and smooth through the body because that's also going to help then the bike be able to um, be smooth going in and coming out of those corners. Mm. Yep. Um, Cornering, I find, in the wet is really very psychological. It's a bigger psychological Mm. challenge. If you ever watch a MotoGP or any other motorbike race then uh, that's in wet conditions, you'll see that motorbikes can go around corners really cranked over in the in the wet but 
I am constantly in the wet fighting my brain to remind it that no, as long as you're smooth, then yeah, you can get a bike leaned over within a corner. And same as Kahi, we just said, my default in that situation when I am getting anxious about it is that my body tightens up. Um, I don't corner mm. normally uh, because my body's so tight, it's transferring more shock through the bike because I'm so rigid and I end up just making it a whole lot harder for myself. So um, mm. I try and, as Kahi was said, trying to really make myself stay loose in the body to not freak out if the bike moves around a little bit, if it feels a little bit like it's moving around underneath me a little bit more loosely than it would in the dry, um, mm. getting my body moving. And one that I try and do is to really consciously, if I'm going uh, if I'm going around a curve, then to get my, my head out over my mirrors is one way that I think about mm. it on the inside of the corner. So really trying to tell myself, yep, uh, get my head out, get my my um my weight to the inside of that corner by getting my head if my head goes out my shoulders go out firstly that's going that forces me to get my body moving going through the corner and secondly mm -hmm. it allows the bike to stay a little bit more upright if i've got more of my body weight on the inside of, of that corner because less of the motorbike needs to, to lean over. Now, that doesn't mm -hmm. mean that I'm sort of hanging off on one peg trying to touch my knee down. It just means trying <laughs> to get, um, yeah, 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 your head weighs, I think, 10 to 15 kilos or something something like that, depending on your head. Maybe plus it's that with a helmet. But plus, plus that with a helmet, whatever it is. Yeah, uh, 10 kilos high up on the motorbike getting inside the line of a corner is actually a decent amount of of um, weight that will allow you to uh, keep the, the bike a little bit more upright going through mm. going through the corners. Yeah, and I think what it really comes down to is, you know, last episode where we talked about preparing your body and for me that looks like just making sure that I am warm because if well, I am warm then I'm less likely to um, have the body you know, the muscles all kind of tighten up and clench up and be rigid. I'm more likely to be able to be relaxed and move in the same way that I would on a warm, dry day. So that's why I believe it's really important to have those warm layers, um, particularly on, on the upper body, but, you know, all the way throughout. So if you if you are going to be riding in, in the winter, really strongly recommend making sure, starting in those basics, making sure that your body is warm and covered and dry as much as possible um, so that then, you know, you're, you're not trying to fight your body and the conditions in order to use that just normal good technique. And I think what's really kind of coming through is maybe in in dry, warm weather, um, we don't have to be as conscious. Um, mm. There's a bit more wiggle room. There's a bit more of a margin for ever, error um, in terms of our riding technique. Um, but if we are riding in kind of wet or cold um, kind of conditions, then that margin for error has reduced significantly so mm. it just means we're not doing anything necessarily particularly different or special um just kind of taking things a bit more intentionally and i remember talking to uh, one of my old colleagues uh also mark who rode every day mm. you know wet dry whatever um when i first got my license and asked him about you know, tips for riding in the winter because I was feeling a bit nervous. And he said, oh, it's just the same. Mm. You just, you know, take a little bit more slowly. 
you know, you break a bit sooner, you take a bit longer to break, you, you know, go a little bit slower. Um, yeah, it says he and I, then I leave uh, the office the same day as him one day and he's honing around a corner on his scooter. But in fairness to him, he did used to, to ride um, and race kind race of pretty, pretty seriously. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, his technique um, is significantly better than mine. Um, but yeah, I, I think all of that to say that it's, it's just about being, I think, a bit more conscious, a bit more intentional um, and trying to get your your brain to be thinking about those things and making sure that everything is there to make that as easy as possible. So like you said, Mark, a bit more of a psychological challenge than anything particularly physical or, or special um, in that kind of situation. Mm. Yep, very much so, very much so. Mm. Um, next one. Road surfaces. Mm. Now, uh, particularly after a heavy rain, uh, and particularly if you are riding, well, regardless, anywhere that you've got trees, dirt, anything else, you do need to be very conscious that there is going to be extra crud that is going to end up on on the road, um, mm. and particularly on corners. Uh, if if cars or other trucks or vehicles around a left-hand corner in Australia cut to the inside on a on a country road, odds are their if their wheel goes off the road, they're going to drag some gravel up onto that corner. Uh, mm. Similar if you are going through areas that have lots of trees. Um, some of our one lovely suburbs in Adelaide, the more leafy ones, where my type aren't welcome, uh, but have lovely things <laughs> like uh, like jacarandas <laughs> and plane trees and things like that that look fantastic with their with their blooms. But then in the middle of winter, when they dump all of their uh, all of their leaves on the ground, then they become basically grease. So uh, being aware of um, any plant litter or fallen fallen bits that are on the road, um, particularly dangerous time on the road in the wet is just after the first rain after a period of dry. Because for that first little bit, you will find that all of the oil that has gradually been dripping out of um, old Commodores, uh, for those not in Australia, pick your junker car that you want. But yeah, everything that's been dumping oil on the road that's been okay while it's been dry uh, gets loosened up. You will see it during the first rain, the sort of uh, rainbow colours in the puddles. Be really, really careful on that first rain because the roads are going to be really slippy until they wash all that crud off. Uh, and some of the other things that you will find out very quickly, particularly if you're riding through the city, things like metal inspection hole covers. Yes, uh, where Where people get in to do works underneath the road and white lines. Particularly freshly painted white lines. Both of those things you will find are, have very little grip on them. And tram lines and God, yes. railway lines. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly if you have to go across them uh, running almost parallel corner. to them or, or in a corner or anywhere that your that your tyres tires may track along those. Mm. Um, yeah, so looking at... Uh, looking at the road surface, being more conscious of the road surface. If you're riding already, then you already are conscious of the road surface because that's one of the things being a motorcyclist does. It makes you look yep. at the road more closely and where you're going. But um, yeah, particularly in the wet, being really, really hot on 
um, on picking the lines that are going to give you the best bit of road that you can find for for, for your use. Bonus of being a motorcyclist is you know, most cars are uh, most roads are designed for a car. There are cars width. You as a motorcyclist can use the entirety of your lane. You can mm. pick which part of that lane you want to be in, and uh, on yeah wet days use up every bit of that lane that you need to to get the best bit of deck that will let you hold on to yeah i i remember um one of the road skills courses that i did um the advice there was to generally speaking be riding in the tire tracks um, yeah. of a yep. car or, or truck um, and the reason and when it's particularly in the wet um, the reason for that being the car tires are more likely to have shifted any um, gravel or other things out of the way um, yep. the tires are generally wider than a motorbike tire mm-hmm. um, they're also more likely to have kind of picked up and, and shifted out any kind of oil or other liquids um, that might be uh, on the road surface, particularly if it's kind of just started raining, hmm. um, and the more likely to have you know, shifted more water out of that way as well. So there's likely to be a little bit more hmm. grip, um, even though I think sometimes it feels counterintuitive. I, I'm not quite sure why. Like sometimes my brain wants to be in the middle between the two tire tracks of a car, but um, it actually, I think, when I have ridden and behind and on those tire tracks of a car, it does feel a lot more mm. stable, a lot more grippy. Um, so I think that idea about picking your lines and then kind of keeping an eye where there might be those inspection hole covers or, or other lines or other markings. I think particularly the ones like the the great big arrows mm. to say when a lane is like you know, straight ahead or a corner or the markings for like a bus lane or something like that, they're, they can be quite yeah, scary to, to ride over when it's slippery. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not not a lot of fun. Mm. And shout out just while we're here to uh, to Rad Skills as well. Uh, mm. Jeff, is it Jeff from Rad Skills? Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, who I, I haven't been to any of the things, but I know Kahi was been to them and things like that. I think uh, you probably picked up some really good stuff. So free free plug to Jeff. <laughs> not sponsored, but not, not very, sponsored, but yeah. very positive experience. I think a big part of me feeling confident, which I think we talked about in in that episode about building your confidence or bridging the confidence gap, something like that, um, hmm. I found really useful to. Uh, feel more confident in technique and skills Hmm. um, and to be learning that from someone whose experience I respect and and that I I felt was was validated, Um, which is not to say you can't learn from an average kind of person that you might talk to and and there's a lot of valuable things to be learned there. But in this instance, I found it really valuable to be uh, talking to someone who had that just next level um, serious experience uh, of a variety of conditions, uh, riding conditions, mm. that made me feel a lot better, a lot more confident about what he was saying, um, that I could take that on board and be able to trust that. Um, yes. Uh, so I think one of the other things that kind of connects in with that to an extent um, is really thinking about your visibility Mm. so it's important to obviously be picking your lines on the road um 
And at the same time, as always, be balancing that with how am I making sure as much as possible that I am visible to other road users? Um, So again, this is about placing yourself in a particular place on the road. So whether that's thinking about lines or inspection hole covers, but also, you know, physically, where am I visible? Um, I think the, the, Thing that I have found is that um, I think even with like really bright colored clothing or a bright bike or you know the lights on you are still smaller um, than a car and if a lot of car drivers and other vehicle users tend not to look for motorcycles anyway that visibility is already reduced as once there is rain or fog or kind of darker conditions mm-hmm. so be aware that you will be less visible And I think making concessions for the fact that other road users and other drivers might be less likely to see you. Uh, So, you know, that comes back to as much as possible, Dion, highly suggest some kind of bright clothing. I know black looks cool um, and it is, you know, it's neat, but you know what's even cooler? Being alive and coming home. (laughs) Very true, very true. But yeah, other than that, really thinking about where you place yourself on that road, thinking about your buffer zones, um, making sure that uh, you are being extra vigilant about other drivers and other road users Mm -hmm. to make sure you can kind of see who's there and that you've got um, space to be able to, to take action if you need to be able to do that. Spot on. And last one, I think, um, is... Every now and again, you will get caught in conditions that are just really, really ugly. And Mm. it is, uh, well, first avoiding those conditions. So checking the radar before you go out. I've every now and again, I think, ah, it'll be fine. I jump on the bike and then I get out there and I realize there's a massive storm front that's 10 minutes away that I couldn't see just by looking. So having a look at the radar. But even then, weather can be fickle. If you do get caught up in conditions that are just too ugly for you to feel safe find find somewhere to shelter um yeah go Mm. park up in a in a service station in a gas station um go in grab a coffee sit in the warmth check the radar again and give it some time to for at least the worst of it to pass that is yep. that is a reality. I have um, I've had to do that not all that many times, but there have definitely been times where I've just pulled over and found shelter somewhere, anywhere, just mm. to to sort of sit out a particularly ugly storm. Because if the if the road yeah if the conditions just flat out are not safe, then there's no point in you going on. It's better to be late. Um, mm-hmm. Than not to make it at all. So keep that yep. as one of your options, and have a have that as the test in your mind when you reach the point where you feel no, this is not safe. Pull the pin, and we go from there. We did that on our trip over for for Sheila's shakedown. We sure did. I remember a couple of Oof. times we just stopped. Yep. Um, and you know, had another look at the radar and go, okay, well, there's there should be a good gap here. Hmm. Let's just pause for 10 minutes, get a, a hot chocolate or some yep. um, other kind of sugar lollies in whoever was riding so that the attention yeah. span is, is held um, and and hit the road later. And it meant that we were a little bit later arriving into the places than we had planned, mm. but um, 
you know, better than the alternative. We were in one piece. Yep, because that was yeah that that was a, gr- a great example, and I think it was Ararat in country Victoria, and I reckon it was about yes. eight. About eight degrees showing on the speeder on the the, the display in of the February. bike in February, and the rain was coming in at about forty five degrees, and it was just just a it was a hard no, um, yeah yeah zero stars would not recommend. <laughs> and I know I've done that, um, you know, heading home from work and you know technically kind of finished for the day, but you look at the radar and go, no, I am not. Oh going out in that cloud that's got yellow, orange, red, mm. purple colours on it, not happening when mm. I can just wait 15, 20 minutes. Um, and it's easier, I think, to to let someone know beforehand I'm going to be a little bit late leaving mm. than to end up um, either stuck later or, do you know, have some kind of um, collision or, or other kind of incident and, um, and at least then at the office, it was warm mm. and dry uh, and there was internet. So I could just hang out there for an extra little while. Yeah. And look, it, it takes a bit more <laughs> effort sometimes, but that is all a part of the joy of motorcycling, that you can't always predict things. It is a bit more challenging. Um, mm. That's that's life. It's all, it's all manageable and it's all part of the fun. It is, and, and I, I've seen a, a meme pop up a few different times the last kind of week or so about doing things for, doing things for the plot points. And I, <laughs> I do feel like, as a motorcyclist, hmm. you get a whole lot more plot points. There is a lot more uh, story and narrative to be able to share. Um, life is just a little bit more interesting, and in particular, more interesting when we are riding in winter conditions hmm. because. All sorts of shenanigans can happen. It can, and you will learn from them, and you will become a better rider <laughs> yeah. because of them. So, in in spite of it being tempting to put the bike away completely for winter, if you can stay riding, you your your road craft will get better for having done yes, it. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so takeaways from today. Um, so tips for being out on the road riding in winter, wet, uh, cooler conditions. Overall, um, just think about giving yourself more of a buffer zone, taking things a little bit more slowly, being a little bit more intentional. Um, There's no need to have any particularly special or new riding technique. Um, It's just about good technique uh, and maybe giving yourself a little bit more time and space to really uh, take that on. Uh, as much as possible, thinking about um, your visibility. So that's thinking about your visor and the different things you can do to be able to see out of it. Uh, think about where you place yourself on the road to balance visibility of and to other drivers and road users, as well as um, maneuvering around potential hazards on the road and road conditions. Um, and thinking about what you can do to make yourself be more readily seen. Uh, and finally, also recognising it can be really fun. Um, it can be some good lols uh, and good stories when we're riding in, in winter and wet conditions. But don't be afraid to just take a break, mm. uh, to uh, take shelter, to stay warm and dry and give those rain clouds, if it's possible, um, a bit of time to pass and um 
first of all, or finally kind of making sure that you've done the things to keep your body warm, um, that will help you ride better and have better technique or keep your technique well. Um, and also thinking about your bike preparation as we kind of talked about last Mm. episode. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Good summary. Um, Next episode, well, after the success of the interview with Mary, which I think is still one of our... It's, yeah, the most yeah, popular the, the one most popular across one all of the platforms. All you can them. watch it on YouTube, the, you can listen. The, the most, yeah, <laughs> the, the most popular of our podcasts is the one that we actually are the least involved in, which maybe that says something <laughs> on where we should be hurt. I don't know. Um, so we, we might try and uh, start hunting around for... Uh, for someone to interview for the next one, perhaps. Um, by all means, yeah. leave comments, suggestions, or anything else if um, if you've got ideas about what you would like us to talk about. And or, and we're particularly keen to do a bit of a Q and A type of episode well. as well. So if you have questions you would like us to answer, um, you know, seriously or not. Uh, then feel free to drop them in the comments on our Instagram or on the YouTube videos or, uh, you know, just let us know um, things that you would like us to talk about or or answer. For sure, for sure. And finally, before we sign off today, I did just want to give a quick shout out to my girl Mel. Um, she uh, she got to experience riding in the rain firsthand <laughs> in some pretty ugly weather by the sounds of it doing her rider safe course this weekend yep. just gone uh, got through it so now she is um, officially a new rider to the community one of us one of us, one of us. so well done <laughs> and now she can uh, put around on her CB125E no I'm not kidding uh, because they are a great learner bike for the next year and start to learn all of the all of the joys of being a new rider so it's fantastic to mm. see one more out there um she'll go out and recruit one more and they'll go out and recruit one more and we'll have far more women on the road which is fantastic for everyone it's very very good but this I, is not a multi-level marketing scheme no uh, <laughs> no no definitely not um anyway <laughs> well done congratulations good stuff Yes, congratulations, Mel. I think, yeah, starting riding in this type of weather and conditions means that it's only going to get better and easier. So (laughs) good on you. So until next time, everybody, please ride safe and have fun. Beyond the Billion is brought to you by Kahi Wasabaya and Mark Drexler and with the support of Woman Moto, the online magazine for women motorcyclists. Go to womanmoto.com. If you liked today's episode, please remember to rate, review and subscribe and tell a friend. It helps others find the podcast.